So just let love take over. What would it be like if we really did that? What would it be like if we really let love take over? Holy cow. We wouldn't be stressed out at all. We wouldn't be worried at all. But here's the great news. God's love did take over. Did you know that? Love did take over. Thousands of years ago, someone loved you so much before you ever existed that he died on the cross for you. Love did take over. Sometimes I just get in the way of what that means. Amen? Amen. I'm really glad to see you. At home, I hope you're doing good. I'm Dee Dee Jones, the pastor of Crosswalk, and I'm really like thankful to have you there watching and have all of you out here. It is so good to have you in the house. It really is. What a blessing, and I see your faces. Some of you, if you're wondering why I stare at you, I just want to get a good look at you, because some of you I haven't seen in a while. So I'm just excited to stare, so I'm sorry if that's creepy, but I have to do it so I can remember. I am... I want to take a moment to just acknowledge the week we've had. Is that okay? I prayed and I prayed and prayed about my sermon and I wrote it out and thought it was really good. And about 9 o'clock last night, the Holy Spirit said, delete, 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 delete. He does that, Lynn. It's like, oh. We are tired this morning. We are spent from this crazy week. Our anxiety has been high. Our fear keeps showing its ugly head. I want you to know sincerely, too, whether you're watching from home or you're in this room, we all in this room have had a plethora of emotions this week, right? But here... And if you're watching, you are safe, you are loved, and you matter. We don't care who you voted for. More than ever, this calls us to pray for one another. Pray that bridges will be built and divides will be untied and brought down. But the only way we do that is when we really know what it means to know the love of God. And so today, I want us to start in a little bit different way. I had this really cool thing planned, and I changed it all up. The Holy Spirit did. If you like it, let me know. If you don't, let the Holy Spirit know. How's that? Okay. I want to start this morning by asking, do we have any veterans in the room? Would you please stand? Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Veterans Day is coming, and one thing we don't want to forget is that many people have paid a price. Many people have fought for this country, and we don't take that for granted. And because of that, we had a week like we did where we had the right to vote for who we wanted to. And for that, we are thankful for you, and we thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to pray for one another. 
Mm -hmm, I saw that look. It's easy to pray for people you like. Is it easy to pray for people you don't? Is it easy to pray for those that kind of get on your nerves because they're asking you for prayer requests every day? Yeah. But what does it mean to pray for others? And today we're going to read a prayer from Paul. This prayer presents a special moment. I love this. It's a moment of tenderness that we don't see from Paul very often in his writings. But today we're going to see that because he seems to really care. He really seems to care for the world to understand that the Gentiles are welcomed as much as the Jews are welcome. See, and that had not been a thing. They were divided for a very long time. And now he's saying, no, all people are welcome. And I really need you to listen to me. So he begins to pray this prayer. And if you are at home and you have your Bibles or if you're in here and you want to open your Bible, we're going to Ephesians 3. And we're going to start at verse 16. Ephesians 3, 16. It says, I pray (laughs) that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. To grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What we are talking about today is how should we pray for one another, especially right now. Some here today rejoice, and some here today are scared. And that's okay. You feel what you feel, and you're given permission to feel that way. We're not here to change your mind. We're just here to show you that wherever you are, God loves you. Whether you're Jew or whether you're Gentile, God loves you. It doesn't matter. Throughout this process of freedom to vote, we have all said some pretty harsh things. We've said them to one another, we've said them to strangers. We have grouped people into two categories without knowing their full story. And prayer comes back through Paul and begins to change the process because he reminds them of four things in this scripture. And he reminds them and he's praying for them to have spiritual strength. Do you know what that means to have spiritual strength? What does it mean to walk by faith and not by sight? What does it mean to walk in God's strength and in God's Holy Spirit and not anything you could ever do? What does it mean to know that you have things that you firmly are planted in and believe in and know are right to the core of who you are and yet those that you love don't agree with you? Spiritual strength do then. 
Spiritual strength reminds you that this world isn't all about you, but this world is about how you react to other people. Spiritual strength reminds us that when they nailed Jesus to the cross, he still said, Father, forgive them. Spiritual strength reminds us that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there cannot be a shadow without a light. Spiritual strength reminds us that it's not our strength, but it's his. Then Paul reminds them that Christ is in their hearts. So they don't even have to carry this spiritual strength on their own. For there is a God that is bigger than them that is carrying the load for them. So you know all that anxiety you had this week? You know all that fear you had this week? That really wasn't yours to carry. Did you know that? My mama would say, you got to go work on your faith. Because if you're not trusting, you're not having faith. Amen? Amen. All that, that anger, all that that you boxed up this week. Did you remember that Christ was in your heart? Did you remember that not only is Christ in your heart, but he lives within you? And the Bible says, I no longer live, yet Christ lives within me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. Of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What about the ability to understand all that the Holy Spirit is doing? I think that's the third thing he was saying right there. Is to understand that the Holy Spirit is working regardless if you see it or not. Because it's really not about what we see. It's about what he's doing. And back to part of my faith journey is knowing that he's working it out for my good. And what the enemy means for evil, he's working it all out for his good and your good. So the problem is I don't know the big picture. I think I do. I I do. Y'all are laughing because y'all are the same way. I know it. Y'all have done, I guarantee some of you in this room got a spreadsheet. I know you guys. And y'all have said, we're going to go from A to B. I know this is what God's going to do. When you get to C and God hadn't done it, it just totally creates a mess for you. Because it's supposed to be like this. When God said, go to A, B, and C, and and C didn't happen, y'all all looked and went, God didn't answer my prayer. What did I do wrong? Well, you didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't do it his way. You did it your way. You didn't do anything wrong. But the problem is, is do we have the ability to understand all that the Holy Spirit is doing? Well, the answer is probably not. But what we do know is that the Holy Spirit is doing something. And Paul wanted them to remember that the Holy Spirit was always working. And then the last thing for the reader is to understand, because he is writing, Paul is writing this letter, is he wants them to know the love of Christ. He wants them to know the love of Christ. Let me tell you something. When you know the love of Christ, when you know to your core the love of Christ, mountains are moved. 
Valleys are made wide. And let me tell you, you can walk on water when you understand the love of Christ. And when you understand the love of Christ, you're not busy worrying if they're labeled Republican or Democrat or if they're labeled Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal. You're not worried about that at all because you're too busy living into the fact that Christ loves you. And if Christ can love me, Christ can love anybody. If Christ can love me, my brokenness, my mistakes, all my failures, and my spreadsheet that went terribly wrong. If Christ can love me, he can love anybody. And let me tell you something. Let's make it clear. When I say anybody, I'm not talking about a few of you. I'm talking about every single one of you. Who you love is who you love. What color your skin is is what color your skin is. The age in which you are or whether you're young or you're old, God does not care. He loved you. He created you in his image. God does not make mistakes. Let me just say that one more time because I want you to think about this. God does not make mistakes. Now, we do. But God does not. And he created you not to boss you around. He created you to love you. He created you because he loved you. And he loves you like you are. Now, do we all need to get better? Of course we do. Listen. I will tell you, I have it written on my phone. Am I better today than I was yesterday than I'm doing right? If I'm not, I need to redo. But he's ever reminding me that he loves me. He's ever reminding you that he loves you. He prays that we will fully understand what it means to understand his love. And I have to tell you, I think this is a lifelong thing that we all work on, is what does it mean to fully understand God's love? Because I'm not sure that we fully understand love. We had it exampled for us. But I personally like to use the excuse, yeah, well, that was Jesus. That's not me. But the example was set before me to know what it means to love. Have you ever had a friend a family member, coworker, someone in your life that when they said, "Hey, I'm praying for you." You knew they meant just that. They are praying for you. Do you remember that friend that you could pick up the phone and call? And it didn't matter night or day, you could tell them what was going on and you knew that when you hung up, Heaven's gates were getting ran over because someone was praying in your name. That's all right. It is our Carla. We got one of those. Y'all think I'm kidding. This woman can pray the heavens down to earth. Amen. (laughs) When you know someone that you can fully trust to pray and you know they have the gift of praying, It makes a difference on so many levels. Maybe that someone is even you and maybe you don't know it yet. God calls us to pray for everyone. 
I love it. I'll get a note from Viv sometimes just letting me know, hey, what can I do to pray for you this week? Man, Viv, that means a lot to me. Because I have no doubt that when I tell you what it is, you will pray for it. And I trust that. That means the world. When I was a kid, there was this woman at the church that I attended. And on Sunday morning, the church that I attended looked like old school church. It had the stained glass windows, the organ, the whole thing. Then Sunday night came, and it was on. Let me tell you, if it didn't light your fire, your, your wood was wet. It's the truth. Sunday night church in that Methodist church was the best church. And we would get up, and there would be a band up there, and we would begin to worship, but there would be this woman, and I'll never forget, her name was Miss Joyce. And Miss Joyce sat right on the front row, with a tambourine in her hand. To this day, I'm traumatized by tambourines because of it. But she would sit up there. Mervyn, you've seen these women before. She would sit up there and play and not hit a beat one time. There is nothing scarier than a white woman with a tambourine. It's a truth, Jolie. You know it is. And she sat up there, but all of a sudden, Miss Joyce would set that tambourine down. And it didn't matter. You never knew when in the service it would happen. But Miss Joyce was also almost six foot tall. So I was always doing this to her. But you would all of a sudden see Miss Joyce, just hands just go up. And then... You begin to hear these words come out of Miss Joyce's mouth. And Miss Joyce used to pray. Carla, she reminds me so much of you because all of a sudden, those hands would go up. And let me tell you, she was so tall and her arms were so long. It was like she was reaching to the heavens. She didn't care who saw her. She didn't care who was standing there. All she knew is she had something to say to her father. And she would pray. And she would pray. And she would pray. And by the time Miss Joyce got through, it was almost the end of service. But there was a move that took place. Because all of a sudden, she began to just call it out in that room. She would pray for the sick. She would pray for those she didn't know. She would pray for those that she knew needed a healing touch. She would pray for those that didn't know Jesus yet. She would pray for those that were struggling. She would pray for those that whatever they needed, she would just pray for them. And I said, Miss Joyce, do you ever get tired of praying? And she just looked at me like I had insulted her. And she says, why no, honey? I said, you don't get tired every Sunday? She's like, honey, I don't pray for them for them. I pray for them because it changes me. Because then I'm listening to the voice of God in a way I wouldn't have listened before. 
So every Sunday I get the privilege to pray for others because I know that God is going to change my heart. God is going to change my heart to love in a way that I've never loved before. God's going to change my heart for those that don't think like me. God is going to change my heart for those that don't talk like me. God is going to change my heart for those that are shorter than me. Hello. God is going to change my heart. That's all she would say. And she says, honey, God is faithful because he's never quit changing my heart, not one Sunday. See, when we begin to pray for others, it doesn't change them, it changes us. Because all of a sudden we've surrendered to what God is saying. And and it's not even about the prayer because we know that God's got it. God is not surprised. But there's a surrender that comes with stopping in the moment and praying for someone else. Three things happen when you pray for someone else as I close. When we pray for others, we change the dynamic of the situation like that. Because all of a sudden, immediately they've gone from being alone to they are not alone anymore. So the dynamic has changed. When we pray for others, we change us. We change us. And when we pray for others, it takes us completely out of the equation. Because it's not about us. It's about him. It's not even about the prayer that we're praying. It's about him. And guys, we have before us the next few weeks... We've got an opportunity to pray for each other like we have never prayed for each other before. Crosswalk, you are the best people to do this. But you have the opportunity to pray for your brothers and sisters that may not agree with you. You have the opportunity to pray for your brothers and sisters that are hurting. Or you have the opportunity to pray for your brothers and sisters that are rejoicing. But it is an opportunity and a privilege to lift the name of Jesus for someone else. It's not that I have to, it's that I get to. And more than ever, we get the opportunity of this next few weeks to build bridges and let everybody know, I don't have to agree with you in order to stand unified with you. I don't have to agree with you in order to stand here and say, you know what, I love you and I don't even know you. But if I can hate you and not know you, I can sure love you and not know you. We have an opportunity as a body of Christ to do something in amazing ways that will change lives. But most importantly, it will change our hearts.